This is episode 90 of Unfolding Words. God wants to use you, girl. My name is Antracia Moorings, and welcome to my weekly podcast, where I share biblical truth to offer light for your walk and life for your soul. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're all staying safe out there and making the most of your quarantine time. I'm trying to create a sense of normalcy by sticking to my podcast schedule and delivering content as I did before this quarantine happened. So hope that this is a little spot of normal in what is very unnormal times. So today we are going to be camped out in the book of Exodus chapter one. And in the Old Testament, there is a lot of talk about how women are devalued in scripture with how men deal with women and treat them. But with regard to God, we see that he esteems women and it's clearly seen in both the Old and New Testaments, especially how Jesus deals with women and the role they play in his ministry. So scriptures are simply chronicling what happened. That doesn't necessarily mean that the events that happened are how God is viewing women. So let me give you a little background for the book of Exodus. Up until the beginning of the book Exodus, this is pretty much a story about the world of men's affairs. Jacob and all of his descendants, which number 70 men and their families, came down to Egypt. The men are named and counted in the chronologies, but their wives and daughters remain anonymous for the most part. But Exodus starts out a lot differently with a focus on women. So right before we get to the book of Exodus at the end of Genesis, The Israelites had moved to Egypt during a time of famine and starvation. So Joseph had been sold into slavery in Egypt because of his brothers who were jealous of him and his dreams, as well as his multicolored coat that his father had given him. So Joseph's time in Egypt had been blessed by God and he had worked his way up into high standing in Egypt. And the Israelites, as a result, were blessed by his position. And so for a while, the Israelites and the Egyptians lived together in harmony. But when we come to Exodus 1, a new king came into power and it says he did not know Joseph. This means he didn't know about Joseph's people or Joseph's God. So he looked at the Israelites as a threat because they were growing at such a rapid rate because God had blessed them. So his plan is to limit the growth of the Israelite nation and to force them into slavery. Even this does not keep them down. So Pharaoh starts this whole campaign that says, if we're attacked by our enemies and these Israelites keep growing, they're going to side with our enemies and will be crushed. So his fear gets out of control and he hatches up this whole plan to annihilate the Israelites. So he takes these very drastic measures to get rid of this growing population. And he calls on two midwives to act out his plan. So under government orders, Shipra and Pua who are two midwives, are asked to, or rather ordered to participate in an extermination of the Hebrew boys, baby boys, to bring death to their population. So this will result in the Hebrew women eventually having to marry the Egyptians 
And then the Hebrew nation would lose its identity altogether because they would be assimilated into the Egyptian race and culture. So the text lets us know that these women who Pharaoh asked to kill these babies are Hebrew midwives. And they could have been Egyptians. They were Hebrew midwives or they were midwives to the Hebrews. Either way, we know that they helped to bring these babies into existence. So I'm going to start reading at Exodus chapter one, verse 15, and it says, Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shipra and the other Pua, when you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, why have you done this and let the male children live? The midwife said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, every son that is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. So these two women, these midwives were ordered to kill, but they were actually trained to bring forth life. So they were being asked to do something that went against their nature and their training. And the focus is on the midwives. If you look and highlight all of the mentions of the word midwives, you'll notice that in eight verses, they are mentioned eight times. So we know that the focus is on these midwives and they are also named at a time when women were not very often named unless they were like a co-star like Sarah with Abraham. And so these midwives were likely the chief midwives or like the managers over all of the midwives, since it would have been a lot of work for only two women to do the work of helping to birth children. And it is these women who made Moses's life possible. Moses was delivered by the faithful actions of these women. So he becomes like a midwife to the birth of the new Israel. See how they go hand in hand. Instead of killing these Israelite baby boys, these two midwives took control. They took the control that Pharaoh thought that he had. And the reason that they gave to Pharaoh when they were called in to him for a meeting of why the baby boys weren't dying is because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So whether this is true or not, we don't know. But if it is not true, it was a use of deception. And we see this a handful of times in the Old Testament where deception is used by women to thwart evil. Just as the devil deceived Eve, it's as if the women turns it back on the enemy, where the women who deceive the enemy to bring God's will to pass. We see this in the case of Rahab as well. I may have to do a whole episode on this because it's a very interesting trend. So these women defied government orders by saying they couldn't control the Hebrew women who were strong and gave birth quickly. So whether, like I said, whether this is true or not, the text doesn't exactly say. But we do know that the midwives feared God more than they feared Pharaoh. But their act of rebellion was honorable because it kept God's people alive. 
And another thing that it did is that it moved Pharaoh to take his plan up a notch. And he commanded that all the baby boys be thrown into the Nile since they couldn't be killed at birth. The fact that these women feared God says that they had a great respect and awe and they had a submission to Elohim, which is the word that's used here for God. Elohim refers to the God of Israel. They feared God more than they feared man. So the choice that they made was to obey Pharaoh's command and to reverence God, who is the true life giver. They understood this. They believed that human life was more precious and they could not kill these babies. So the midwives were often thought to be women who did not have children or families of their own. So they were often kind of pushed to the edge of society. And these were the jobs that they were given to help bring forth life for people who did have families. And in the case of these midwives, they were given a, such a wonderful gift for their obedience. The Bible says that God blessed these women with families of their own. We see this in verse number 21. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. So we know there's no formula to how to unlock God's blessings. You're not going to always get what you want exactly from God just because you're obedient. We don't even know if this was the desire of these women's hearts, but God blessed them because of their obedience. I love how God elevates the role of women in the beginning of this book. Shipra and Pua step in to save these babies. And then in the following chapter, we're going to see how Moses' mother helps to save her baby by putting him in this little ark and puts him on the Nile River. And then Miriam helps to further this process of, of saving Moses' life by watching where the baby goes. And then Pharaoh's daughter helps to rescue the baby from the Nile. So women play a key role in God's plan of salvation, both on a large and a small scale. So because of the midwives' obedience, they did not kill the baby boys. And so the families of the Hebrews continued to grow in number. And then God gave them families of their own. So the ESV translate them translate their blessing as gave them families, but it can also be translated as to make or build up a house, which is a Hebrew idiom, which means to have numerous children or a legacy. And this is the same term that's used for building the church. These women help build God's house. So he returned the favor so beautifully for them. So what these women did was unseen and unknown at the time, but God gave them a legacy through the families he blessed them with. And another bonus is that he gave them a legacy through their names being listed in scripture. So a lot of times we think it's the spotlight, the stage, the well-known name that has the biggest impact, but it's often the woman who is quietly doing the work of the Lord behind the scenes who is most esteemed. We have it backwards in our society. We want the name recognition. We want the big crowds in the stadiums. We want all of the social media following and the bigness that comes with being known in this world. But 
in God's world, it's the upside down kingdom and it's the small and the seemingly unseen that have the most impact and influence. The one who is doing this small work or what is small in the eyes of the world is the one who's blessed with legacy and a name that doesn't fade away. So know right now that you have influence and you have the ability to have courage right where you are. God wants to use you, girl. You don't need a spotlight or the stage or the write-up in a mainstream magazine. Ask the Lord to help you see that where you are is the place where God has a work for you to do. Bloom where you're planted. So that was just a short word of encouragement for you this week. I hope to see you back here next week as we unfold the word some more. And if you haven't subscribed, please be sure to subscribe and share and to leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you are enjoying the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Until next week, may God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.